0: This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from
1: 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Vogue.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. And with me, as always, is Maxwell Vogue. Hey, Joris. How are you doing today? I'm great, Max. I'm great. How are you?
2: I'm good, thank you. And awesome. who do we have on the
0: pod today? Um, well, we've got Brian Neff today. And Brian uh, founded Centavia. And Centavia is a really specialized, very high-end manufacturer of propulsion systems and engines using 3D printers. And uh, they have uh, enviable quality standards and make uh, some of the most cutting-edge, most difficult-to-make things you can make with 3D printing. And uh, before that, Brian uh, used to work at a, uh, a an mro from a jet engine mro and before that he worked with a cargo airline so he uh and then he, yeah, he founded Centavia. now he's in this kind of uh, part of our little 3d printing evolution if you will to push us much more into very much more critical parts and critical things especially in in, in the flight area so uh, we're very very excited to talk to, to brian today so welcome to the show brian thank you very much yours
2: it's a pleasure to be here and thank you max as well
0: yeah so so first a little bit about about Sysnavia. I mean people sometimes think of you guys like a service bureau or a manufacturer but you're really quite different because you're really specialized right
2: Yeah. I mean, the genesis for Centavia started with my last company, which was a, as you mentioned, a jet engine MRO in Florida. And in 2011, I toured a a competitor of uh, that company, which was called CTS Engines over in Germany. And the competitor's name was MTU Aero Engines. And Mm -hmm. I got a tour and I I went into a little room as part of the tour and the the tour guide said, look what we're doing here on these EOS M270 printers. And I got to see what additive was, at least from a technical standpoint, and it kind of my my head kind of exploded, and I said, "This is a this is an amazing technology for aerospace specifically." And I'm I'm a third generation lifelong aerospace um, aviation professional, um, and so I took the idea back to CTS and kind of bounced around with it for a couple of years, and then in 2015 I spun Centavia out of of CTS, and now it's. By far, I mean, it's it's my I don't have another company anymore. I'm not associated with CTS, and so I just work on Centavia. And when we started out, you know, I didn't know what we were going to do with the technology, and so you kind of you kind of go out there and you you're looking at at like what a service bureau or a prototype company uh, does, which is sort of the industry agnostic, part agnostic, and 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 whatnot, and over time, I realized that, number one, is a, is a terrible business model. And number two, there were certain kinds of parts and components that, that our kind of additive, our kind of 3D printing was really, really good at. And, and those were uh, very complex systems, mechanical systems that had a lot of, of unique geometries and dimensions and a lot of internal passageways, uh, which obviously lends itself into uh, advanced propulsion systems and, and thermodynamic systems. And so we started out in 2015 kind of being all things for all people. And, and titrated down uh, until about 2018, 2019, when we just said, "Hey, we're we're a, we're a, a, an engine and, and heat exchanger, uh, a printer manufacturer." And um, then then we took the next step into actually designing our own systems. Um, so we always had the manufacturing design, as any you know contract manufacturer does that, that that prints. They own that that digital mold. So we always have that, and we still have that, which is quite difficult. Um, And now we we have the the design, the embodied design as well of the underlying system. So, you know, mid-2022, we are an additive designer and manufacturer of complex mechanical systems for uh, aerospace, defense, and space uh, OEMs. Um, We we view our competitors as being, um, you know, very large, existing traditional um, mechanical systems manufacturers, uh, both in the U.S. and and over in Europe. And um, we've had great success so far marketing ourselves to, um, to some of these OEMs. We have a great relationship with, with uh, Lockheed Martin, for example, uh, where, where there's, just, there, there's just really a need for, for what we do. And I think the biggest trap that a lot of these, these service bureau type contract manufacturers fall into is that, and I'll pick on GE a little bit, that, that terrible motto that GE used to have, which was let's print anything together. It's, that's a terrible motto because people don't pay more just because it's printed. The, the coolness factor is great. You know, you got you got the you got the cocktail. But reception. I need this valve. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> hey, well, so that that's yeah. Well, that's a, that's a you know the the supply chain issue. That's that's a real right. thing too. But I don't I don't know that you can actually build a business being the, the the you know the the printer of last resort or the manufacturer of last resort for key parts. You really need to be in a production you know program environment where you have a an end vehicle of some sort that is relying on you to produce this. Uh, this system you know reliably and at scale and and so yeah that that's 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 the kind of the long answer for for how we got to where we are no, at Centavia and but it's cool. a good answer
0: it's important i think i think, uh, I think because of that finding i'm thinking a lot lately about applications and about what works and what doesn't work and you know we do know that certain things work and i think it's interesting that you guys zeroed in on well essentially heat exchangers i think we've we've had conflux on here before and stuff like that michael and and we know that heat exchangers are exciting and 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 it's interesting that you guys can do a really high-end powder bed fusion heat exchange kind of thing and then actually make money with it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the impressive well, part well, yeah. <laughs> well i
2: mean so so heat exchangers i'm sure if you had the the you know conflux folks on and and you know i don't know if you talked to the Hyperganic people too that are that are building the software yeah. that's doing all this generative design which is which is a cool which is a cool company and we've been talking to them too um yeah, we did, we did. but 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 heat exchangers are without question within the world of systems they're the the killer app for for powder bed fusion added manufacturing and it's not just the fact that you can design a better heat exchanger, it is the fact that the traditional uh, supply chain for heat exchangers is just so terrible. You have a manufacturing yield in the in the 30s, uh maybe 40s, but but definitely not over 50% and there's delays and, and there's super super big quality issues. I always say imagine some guy with a like a welding visor on, you know, trying to weld tubes inside of a housing and then he Sneezes and and the thing right. just gets destroyed and and so you know it's it's you know the, so additive solves all that I mean the the issue with heat exchangers and this is something that people are aware of is how do you keep them from leaking and and specifically mm-hmm. the the attach points between the, the the core and the housing it, it will leak there if you don't if you don't drill down on your parameters and and that's something we spent a lot of time doing you know we have got great engineers that you know what, one of the things when as we developed as a company we realized that. In the first instance, our, our product and our IP is really material and, and processes, materials and processes, and and material parameters and and proprietary processes to enable the these designs to be actually printed. And so, for heat exchangers, you know, if you can't get it to, to I don't want to say mate properly, but attach properly uh, at certain mm-hmm. points, it's just it's just going to leak. And so that's that's a that's that was like the final frontier. And once we could solve that you know we we were we were successful i didn't realize heat exchangers had such a high fail rate actually does justify printing from a from a yield yeah (laughs) yeah, manufacturing yield and and the other thing is too i mean we 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 see it i mean that was the whole thing with that whole am forward initiative is that the supply chain you know precision cast parts is an an example i can pick on them too you know they they went out and they bought a lot of these little companies and and gobbled them up and reduced the amount of competition so you, you end up you know, they could obviously control the market at that point. And, and for heat exchangers, this was definitely the case. I think there's something like two options if you want to get a, a complex aerospace heat exchanger manufactured. Traditionally right now, mm-hmm. one's in New Hampshire, and I don't know where the other one is. And so it's it's, it's just, a, you know, again, you know, getting to the products and getting to the need, you really have to find what, what is needed by the market and, and supply those things.
0: I think it's interesting. Also, of course, you guys also focus on these ATAR uh, uh, kind of specific or U.S. specific things. Where being an American company, and making it in America, is not only like a PR thing; that's a really important thing for these kind of players, right?
2: For sure. I mean, that you know, as as we we sort of see every day, there's there's a lot of um, you know uncertainty out there in the in the global world, and um, having the ability to to compress a a, a supply chain you know, locally, domestically for really, really critical components is, is, uh, is very much in demand on, on the part of the, not just obviously the, the integrators and the, the primes, but, but just within the government itself. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, so, I mean, some military contracts require everything to be made within the U S right for the U S military. So yeah. I mean, there, there is a, um, I think it's a made in America, call it the made in America provision. That's kind of a, like an FAR flow down that you, you, there are, you have are, to follow, you have yeah. to use as many parts made in America as possible kind of thing. Right. Right. From and, the, and, and, and strategic. But, yeah. 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 But, but you know, it's, it for a lot of the last probably 20 years that people just sort of said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then they they, <laughs> and are, they bought their chips it. from Taiwan. Yeah, and exactly. To yeah. Or, or the other thing they do is, is they is they'll buy them, you know, they're they're printer con- I, won't, I won't pick anybody here, but there are people out there that, that say that, you know, they're made in America and, and they actually are everything's made outside of America and they're just assembled in America. And that's a that's a way that some people have you know have have used that to to get around sort of the idea that you have to buy American. Well, it's it, here. It's here's the, here's the the, the final right. assembly area and everything, you know, <laughs> downstream from that final assembly area is not there. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, no, it's been, it's been something that, that we've certainly promoted and have, have gotten positive reactions on.
0: And you think there's a big future in that? I mean, it seems right now with the war in Ukraine and also with um, um, kind of like the, 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 the two power kind of competition with the U S and, and the more long-term rivalry with China, it seems like this could grow much bigger. I mean, you know a couple of years ago the united states still feared that it could make it could not make a lot of the complex things itself it didn't have the experience yeah. in tooling it didn't have the experience in a lot of the polymer manufacturing anymore do you think this is going to grow a lot as compared to just manufacturing as a whole
2: so i always sort of look at it and if i get my math right you know it's something like uh the space is is x you know commercial space is x and then uh defense is maybe eight or nine x and then commercial aviation is like 25x so the opportunity for us is really going to be in commercial aviation just because it's just the largest market. but of those three sub segments by far com- commercial aviation is the the lagging uh, uh, adopter of the technology and and a lot of that has to do with the problems that Boeing has had. Boeing, Boeing is in, in serious serious has serious issues. The innovation level that that company is is really is really struggling and, and if you don't have that push for innovation. Um, on a corporate level, you're not going to see additive being adopted. Whereas, you know, some of these other defense contractors and, and certainly the space guys, and we can talk about space a lot if you'd like. They, they're, you know, they're 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 diving into the to, to really using the the technology uh, smartly and and the way it should be the way it should be used. But you know, wh- whether it's you know Boeing writes the ship or or Airbus is is certainly ahead of Boeing in in the in the, in the adoption of the technology. But whatever happens and maybe it's, it's through, you know, some other means of, of flight of, uh, you know, hybrid flight or electric flight. That's, that's a great, that's a great use study and use case for, for additive, but whatever it is, it will get there. Um, the, the way, if you look at how technology has flowed um, oftentimes, um, you know, like w- with the internet and starts with the, the defense world and it moves into the uh, yeah, commercial world just... <laughs> and that's kind of how it's, that's kind of how it's adopted. So. You know, in the meantime, you know, space and defense, that's really what we've been spending our time on.
0: Yeah. And then we're also doing like, okay, so if we think of space, I mean, I think it's pretty well known in our market right now that pretty much all the space companies, commercial and the the leading government ones, are using additive for a lot of propulsion systems. And generally, it seems to boil down to the same thing you said about the heat exchanger. It's a complex assembly. It needs to be the right particular shape. Is that the the same? And also, of course, we need mass reduction, right? We want mass reduction, and we yeah. want the optimized optimize. Is it is it basically that? Is that the value? Or?
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's the same same dynamic. So so you you have limited to no existing supply chain. I mean the um, the space shuttle engines, though those companies have have been out of that line of business for fifteen twenty years. Whenever you know that's the first slowdown was in like two thousand six or seven. So you know you don't you don't have a existing supply base. Um, and, and more than that, you have a lot of really talented design engineers at, at these companies that are that are saying, "Hey, let's take another look at these engines and redesign them and improve them." And, and you're right. I mean, it's it's the sort of the weight versus power trade-off. And what we've seen that that has been recently very exciting is, and, and I think this is true in a lot of ways, is that the the, the engines are conforming to the, the size limitations of the largest printers and. Um, so it, you know that the, the printer, the, the, the that's why I always push EOS and SLM and 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 whoever to to increase the size of their of their systems because there, there's just a lot more usage out there for larger um, build envelopes and and build volumes and so for, you know in our case we we um, we have a, a thrust chamber assembly that we manufacture for a space company and it's it's monolithic um, it's made out of a, a copper alloy and. Um, it's it's heavy but it's really really um powerful it, it's it's a, it's a it's a great engine and and uh not only that um, i it's been redesigned a bunch of times so so when you have a traditional way you make an r s twenty five or an r l ten you can't really iterate on that in a major way i mean we've changed designs for for this customer mid print so you know you're starting and the, the nozzle and you're going up to the you know to through the barrel of the thrust chamber and and halfway up you're changing the the design and and i thought that's i think that's really cool i mean that's that's to me that's that's pretty that's that, pretty I special mean, it is cool. how did you do
0: yeah. that yeah exactly. <laughs> you just <laughs> try to stop the printer yeah, and yeah, then yeah, like... yeah you have to also, like real quick
2: you, yeah, you get a guy with really quick hands, and you just slide. Yeah, I don't know. You, just, you, you figure out a way to <laughs> <laughs> it's like pause the height. I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, pause the nozzle height. <laughs> Go in there and-, yeah, and you 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 do it at a point where you know a, a thirty second pause or whatever is not going to hurt you,
0: and and just just keep mm-hmm. going. So. Okay, you guys operate like you guys. I think I think it's interesting. You, you point at the big parts because the big parts are going to be uh, really important. We're seeing this kind of silicone segment forming for the uninitiated. silicone is like this deep powdering system that works really well yeah. for really large parts for metal parts. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. and before that, it looked like a really niche product because it really comes into its own with like kind of like build volume filling parts and then all of a sudden we noticed there was like this big market for that kind of thing and then all of a sudden it it appears that especially the space segment is really making these really large build volume build volume chamber filling parts and and so this I call this a soliconization of a powder bed fusion because before that it was a whole bunch of little one layer of little small parts right you have to understand yeah. this is a this is a really different thing for compared to what yeah. the millions of the tens of millions of uh, bridges and crowns and, and all these other things that were being made before yeah, yeah. I, I
2: think I don't know whether what what led what I mean I, I'm not sure that the the, the powder removal system would necessarily dictate the, the mm-hmm. design of the the build chambers. But um, I, I do know, like I said, that obviously when you have a larger build chamber, there's just more things you can fit in there. There is a real supply chain issue with castings and, and forgings in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so having a larger build chamber can, can help solve that. And more than anything, Yoris, I, I think that when you show a designer, hey, this is a meter tall by 450 by 450 millimeters, mm-hmm. anything you can fit in there, we can print regardless of complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's like catnip to a cat. I mean, that's just, right. they just, they go, oh, my you know, they, they're, yeah, they're like, well, what? <laughs> right. And so, and so, you know, it, it, there's a, there's a, um, it's a, it sparks imagination and it sparks innovation and, you know, little, mm-hmm. little printers. And I still have a bunch of little printers they it's kind of cute you're like oh what do
1: you consider a, M290? a little like a, two,
2: like a 290 like a 290 <laughs> you <know>? like, like, <laughs> so you know it, it they're 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 nice you know but you know you, you you're dealing in the world of yeah. you know big metal monoliths and so you know that's yeah. that we need to improve that
0: okay then we're talking if you're talking about a build fill, volume filling print on like a uh like a 400 or um yep. uh these kind of shows, then we're talking about like a really long build time like we're talking a week or whatever right or or Yeah, you know, what kind of, but then the price of risk is really high. I mean, the financial risks are really high if like that build fails, right? Sure.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that, one of the reasons why we've had success and it's been hard to do that is we've never, ever, 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 not once with any customer for any part, anything, any project we've never charged for failed builds. And Mm -hmm. um, that's hard to do. That's hard to do because you, you know, you, I don't, I don't know that other people even now Do that because, to me, it just never made sense. Like here, you know, we're gonna we're gonna price it this way, and you're gonna get it. It's gonna conform, and you're gonna pay this price. Whereas you know the other way is to say, well, here's a price, maybe lower than than what we would offer, but if it doesn't work, you know, sorry, you know, you're you're gonna get a a pile of of, of garbage. And so you know the 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 big prints on the M4ks, um, they can be 12, 13, 14 days, and you know we have one now that's running Mm -hmm. till uh Sunday. And, um, it would spit the 12 and a half day print and yeah, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking, but you know, it's, it's going to be, it makes you, it makes you a better, uh, a printer, a better, a better company to, mm-hmm. to, to, to have to say, okay, I gotta, I gotta make sure that everything is locked down. And mm-hmm. then you can see the real problems. I mean, you know, the, the copper as a metal mm-hmm. is a, is considered a quote unquote dirty metal. It, it, it includes the, the optics of the lasers and has to be addressed and you have to figure out how to change the airflow in these printers and, and and make it work so you don't lose mechanical properties in the, you know, the top of the, the prints. Um, and so mm-hmm. we've done all that stuff too. Where, whereas if we were just like, ah, just let it run, stick some, you know, off the shelf parameters in an off the shelf printer and hope for the best. Like that's, and then, and then regardless, I'm going to, you know, it's halfway printed. I'm going to ship it to a space company and say, here's your, your half printed nozzle. Where's my, you know, 50 grand. It's like,
0: <laughs> I want half my money. <laughs> yeah. It's like,
2: and, and, then, and then, you know, they, they, the people lose. I mean, we, you know, we should talk about the industry and, and you know, the disillusionment. It's like this, this, mm-hmm. this, this motivation disillusionment cycle and it goes just mm-hmm. it's, it comes back and forth and back and forth. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I, I fear that we're going into a, another sort of disillusionment spin, which it's not good. It's not good for anybody. But um, mm-hmm. the, the industry has found good use cases that will help support it. It's always, it's always about the product. It's always about what your product products are and what the end end use is. And that's been different. So the last time there was disillusionment, I mean, you guys know as, as well as I do it was like 2015, 16, something like that, where they mm-hmm. the, the original companies that went public all kind of had really bad, you know, really bad crashes. Um, and then, and then they kind of, <laughs> and then they, and then they all came back. I mean, the ones that, the, I mean, it made them better. You know, you look at look at Stratasys and 3D Systems. I mean, these companies have have been okay. You know, they 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 were they were really really high, then they went down, and I think that they're they're you know maybe not. No, I think that's 3D. true. They did a lot of kind of foolish Got smart. spending. smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they they learned that they can't foolishly spend like that. They had to get smarter and. Make better product and focus on what they're good at. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's yeah, that's capitalism. What, I mean that's yeah, exactly. the way it works. You know? And I, I worry, you know, looking at the um you know, the SPAC board specifically and not just in AM, but in, you know, electric flight vehicles and in space, that you know, there's so much so much was promised and once you lose investor confidence. It's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have you have one more mm-hmm. shot of doing maybe like some sort of some some sort of preferred issuance of of, of shares, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And 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 once that goes away, it's it's gone for good. And so and that's never a good thing. And so you know the the, the partnerships mm-hmm. that we have on the software side, on the hardware side, I think that they're with with good solid companies. And and I'm not worried about our relationship. I'm just worried about sort of general market perception about AM and oh, here. Here they went again, and they all sort of fell apart. Um that's, yeah. that's, that's my that's my greatest fear. <laughs> no, I mean me too. No, I think fair. I think
0: that's a big problem. I think we're going to see a lot of fear on the, like a lot of fallout from investors in the VC space, and also in, just right. in, in in the the chain of people. What are the uh, exits for all these other companies? Yeah, you know, if if the spec goes badly, then who is going to you know buy an at higher valuation that won't get you to the place uh, where you can yeah. go public? You know, who's going to put in the extra ten million of these yeah. startups and then going for a couple of years? So yeah, and I think I think. You know, we could sour on this permanently right now. Yeah. It happened with solar in the US with, with some firms that had some trouble. And, and then essentially a lot of investors soured on solar generally as a technology. It's like like, this right. doesn't all work anymore. Yeah, right?
2: no. And then uh, it's like 10 years before people yeah, go exactly. back to looking at it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. And, um, but so, so uh, Yeah, so that's why I, I don't view myself as an additive company. I view myself as an aerospace defense and space designer and manufacturer. And, right. you know, I, I get pitched by bankers you're and they say, no, no, additive. yeah, exactly. When they say, no, no, you have to be this, you have to be in you have to be in the technology field. And I'm like, well, I, I guess I sort of am in industrial <laughs> technology, but yeah, you're you know, it's tech. not, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a printer guy. I'm not a software guy. I'm, I'm someone who, and there's a whole broader shift by the way, in, in the investor world about, you know, bytes versus atoms. And, and to me, that's fascinating because for basically my whole life, it was always bytes, bytes, bytes. Everything was, was focused on um, the digitalization or the digitization of data and how to use that, how to, how to write programs for it, how to, how to store it, how to transmit it. Um, And that's, that's very logical because that's, that's a fairly low capital intensity business. Um, Whereas actually building things and and creating factories and and doing that sort of thing, that tends to be a a higher capital, um, you know, require higher capital needs. But at this point, we're so good at the digital side of things and and we have all of this great data that it translates into the the world of, of atoms and and obviously additive manufacturing digital manufacturing is the is the first uh the first step to do that other than my my sort of near term worry about people people just saying God, oh, the hell with this this technology I, I i'm pretty I'm pretty positive and it's really hard to be optimistic at this point in the world, but yes. I'm pretty optimistic <laughs> at the way we mm-hmm. manufacture, and the way the world of, of atoms is going to mm-hmm. change uh, throughout the rest of this decade. I, I really think it's going to be kind of interesting to watch. Do you think uh, the literal atom? Adam- printer at some point is like within the next 10 years or you think that's like i I mean i I don't mean to i know that's not what you meant by saying atoms you meant the physical world but yeah at the the end goal at some point would be to to take you know deliver one atom at a time in a structure right i don't even know how you would do that yeah that would be yeah yeah, but 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 just in general you know the the point of um at the point of, of of fabrication the point of manufacturing Making that the you know the, instead of starting you know inefficiently and and big and and getting smaller, I think that the whole philosophy of of additive manufacturing um, is really important for everything going forward. And yes, you, you could see something that was a very very small printer. Uh, I, I, that's one of the things I've never thought of before, Max. I, I think in in every in every way that we look at, at how we fabricate things, the, the more you can. More thought and the more sort of automation and, 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 and technology you can put on the front end, I think it's you're going to get you're going to get better and more sustainable outcomes on the on the back end and that, that's true for for anything for anything you can think of
0: i think I think it's interesting i mean I, I do also believe that okay if we look at additive I mean if we're looking at new vehicles right so if somebody needs to make a new missile or new ICBM or a new uh, engine for uh, a drone or something like that. I, I at one point believe that if we're taking the total development costs into account and we need some iterations, that we're definitely going to be the cheapest technology. Um, yeah, for sure. So Yes, 100%. Uh, so, so in that sense, I'm really positive about your field. I mean, I, I think that a general service bureau is going to have a, a mm-hmm. tough time of it because yeah. some of them are going to get caught in between uh, either being too small to scale or being uh, or not having enough kind of regular money come in that they can depend upon to pay the bills. So I think, yep. Uh, and then, and then there's also a new investment cycle, right? Cause there's all these new machines yep. coming, right? So I think, I think the regular service roads are going to have a tough time a bit, but a part totally. of it, but apart from if you're specialized in, especially the defense area, that's the one I'm very uh, positive about that as well. I mean, I think new satellites, I mean, if we only look at satellites, I mean that is set to explode, and uh, and and we know that we can save them a lot of money and a lot of weight working with them. You know? Yeah, there's some, there's some. You might, you guys
2: might know it. There's some equation that talks about the require the the, the, the data processing requirements of of truly self driving cars, and forget about self flying drones. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's 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 so massive, and I think that that's why Elon did Starlink, and because he he gets that that the amount first of all you can't really make money just doing a, as a launch company that's that was something that I think most people acknowledge at this point um, you sort of have to go upstream or you have to broaden um, and th- just just the amount of data that is going to be needed uh, in, in the end of this decade I mean it's, it's it's an insane it's an insane number of satellites so I, I would agree
0: with you on that the thing is, the Starlink is a finite business model because at one point we're not going to let more people put more blankets of satellites around the Earth, right? At one point, people are going to be like, "No, no, we can't." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? So at some point, like they're all going to crash thing. into each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This real estate thing here, you know, there's like, it's like, yeah. you know, you're there first, you've got the cheapest ones as well. Yeah. Well, so, in that orbit yeah.
2: range, you could just go further out, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a yeah. But I, no need, I need to ask earth. about this, this thing. Like, so I understand. One of the things I mentioned before is like there's, there's this investment range coming. You guys have quite large systems. You've got like, and you guys are also looking at the largest, uh, the multi laser systems. Right? How? i'm really skeptical yeah. about these multi-laser systems we're looking at dozens of lasers and stuff like that and and, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I think we had a conversation about this earlier, uh, at one point but how, how do you feel about this these larger multi-laser powder fusion systems?
2: well i mean look I, I just wrote a big check so i'm i'm hopeful <laughs> that they're going to work but the way i look at it is this and, and and we're specifically referring to you know more than four lasers because four lasers mm-hmm. is is locked down it's 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 mm-hmm. you know we got that under control so the, uh, the mm-hmm. NXG 600 from SLM has got 12 lasers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my first, re- my first reaction when I heard it was just to say, come on, like sit 12 lasers. I mean, why mm-hmm. don't I put hundred lasers in there and just see what happens. But, yeah. um, you know, the, 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 the fact is we, 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 we road tested it with them. Um, we, we made them build not one, but two, uh, test parts. And uh, you know they they turned out they turned out well and and the, the property we gave them you know garbage parameters because we're not you know and and supports and because <laughs> you're not, just not like you know, <laughs> well no no well I just don't want, like, want you know up. it's it's, yeah, RIP. It's... You know, it's RIP you know it's RIP I'm not going to give them so you're right if you think if you can do it with 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 crap you can do it with, with good stuff and and you know we got yeah. them back and you know you know son of a bitch they were they were they were good mm-hmm. they were really good mm-hmm. and so. Um, my, my biggest concern, and, and this is not something I'm shy of saying, because I say it to SLM every time I see them, is uh, the the, the self calibration. Mm-hmm. You know, EOS, which is a great company, has mm-hmm. really focused with the four lasers of of having the the calibration and, and dialing it in, and, and being very focused mm-hmm. and, and 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 thoughtful about it. And and I, I just want SLM to do the same thing. Um, but mm-hmm. I will tell you, if you haven't seen the SLM 600 print, mm-hmm. it is absolutely mesmerizing because with the Mm -hmm. 12 lasers when they move across the the Mm -hmm. the plate it it, it's it's i you know i grew up outside chicago which which has snow obviously now i'm in florida i don't even see it anymore but when i used to shovel my my family's driveway Mm -hmm. if like there was a nice you know two or three inch layer of snow and it was Mm a really light snow it just it just it just got pushed away this this looks Mm -hmm. like you're shoveling a driveway it's 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 phenomenal fano- it's phenomenal so i mean the jury certainly is out because i have i can't say to you hey i have it it works great like i can about the m4k which is a which is a great machine but but i'm i'm hopeful and and you know there is a real need for that and if i can print if you know you talked about the execution risk of of a 12 day print if if that 12 day print becomes a you know a 2 day print yeah or day and a half print right. that's you know that that's yeah. a that's a risk that you know you want to take too so um mm-hmm. the, the, we'll see we'll see we get we get our first in uh, in november and um it's going to be in uh a stainless and we'll see how it we'll see how it operates and well, then I so, sometimes i just think it's like the gillette marketing department took over yeah <laughs> yeah, <all> right, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or you know seven minute abs right you know oh, right. Like, exactly like, exactly. Right? like oh, okay yeah. yeah look at one. seven minute print <laughs> 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 six minute abs, yeah. no 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 one wants six minute abs <laughs>
0: yeah, anyway, It's <laughs> right. minute. seven, seven minutes. minutes. <laughs> seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but, and, and then so if you want bigger parts, I mean, there are other stuff out there. I mean, you have like, for example, sure. well, you got the shaki, and you've got ded kind of processes yep. generally. Oh yeah, have you looked at that? Because oh, yeah. you don't have any Absolutely. ded, you don't run any ded, right?
2: Yeah, so 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 that that is an area that so so the cool thing about ded, I mean, there's so many risks about it too, but the cool thing about ded is that you can get for titanium forged properties. You can, you can replace, you know, a, a hundred million dollar titanium foundry with, with mm-hmm. one of these machines. If you can dial it in and you can get it to um, now, I guess I forget the term is, but it's, it's, it's a balancing issue when you're going across the, the huge build plate. Um, so we're definitely, we're actually actively looking at that. It's not just a passive interest. And I would not be surprised if uh, we went down that road um, on, on the wired DED side uh, mm-hmm. Within the next probably four to six months, mm-hmm. uh, because you know it, it's an area. So we're we're not we're not again. we you know we like complex systems. We like line replaceable systems, like erodible, like a like you know that you can replace from a, in a vehicle and and put another one in and repair it because that's that gets you the repair business down the road. Mm-hmm. But the DED system for aerospace is specifically aerostructure related. Mm-hmm. um So you're talking like wing spars and large uh, like the one at the AM Forward event. Um, Large fuel tanks and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. If you can if you can dial that in, mm-hmm. you can you can get you know you can replace a titanium foundry, and that's a hugely valuable uh, aspect for um for our for our you know aircraft manufacturers here. And by the way, mm-hmm. China's already doing it. China's been doing it mm-hmm. for a couple of years. And
0: they're making and wing spars, right? They're making
2: wing yeah wings, spars. wing wing spars and just, and and critical and critical support. uh, 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 components too. I mean, I saw, I've seen pictures of Mm -hmm. some of their, I don't know the name of their, their fighter jets, but there's one, you know, there's one picture and it was like, holy cow that was made with a, with a DED machine. And, you know, they're, they're putting it on aircraft now. And, and so, you know, there's some catching up that we have to do. Uh, but again, we're, we're dealing with a part and a product that is needed. You know, we're not just out there trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, sell, sell, put, push, you know, uh, you know, I don't know some something that people don't want to, to the market just because it's a printed part. So I just, DDD, I mean, I understand that you can do. I don't you know, it's believe less so. Than, yeah. I mean, I, I don't believe founder, so. I, but... You know, I'm. I believe it's it's just it's confounding. I mean, I know some European um, manufacturers have, have tried have been trying to to sort of qualify some of these machines, um, and and it's been it's been a challenge. Again, I, I there's something about the way it's the way it's balanced in, in production that is that is you know, cause you know, you're dealing with a very, very long lever arm basically. And, and, you know, if if you're, if you're at 10 or 12 feet, you know, when you work on one side, it, it you have to account for it on the other side because it's going to, it's going to bend differently. But, um, look, if there's anything we, we are good at, at Centavia, it's, it's dialing in materials and processes to get aerospace, uh, uh, uh grade aerospace quality components. Um, so we're going to go into it, you know, not knowing what we don't know and, Probably fail a bunch of times, and
0: and you know I'll get pissed off, and 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 then we'll get it to uh, to to work. And are there any other technologies you're interested in? Because there is there are some interesting developments, but it looks like yeah. you know the difference between you guys. You need something that's relatively mature, right? So you can't just like be really excited about stuff that's like being invented and stuff.
2: You know, the, if you sort of go on the the extreme edge, so so I'm not I'm not into polymers. I just don't know that market. I couldn't tell you what FDM stands for, um, mm-hmm. but but with metal. Um, you know, within metal, there, there's some interesting, I think, technologies on 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 powder, and and, and so I, I I'm a big believer that the powder manufacturers can do a much better job in all aspects of their cycle. Um, but there but there are ways of of making powder less expensive. Um, there's some interesting, I would almost call them kinetic atomization processes that are being developed that, that may or may not work. I don't know. On the mm-hmm. printer side, you know, I, I walked around, I walked around rapid and mm-hmm. just like I walked around form next and, and just went to everybody and asked what are their what are they doing? What are they doing? Um, and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to pick on any, any uh, manufacturer, but they're manufacturers that haven't innovated in five years and they just, they're still selling mm-hmm. the same thing that they were five mm-hmm. years ago. I mean, I, that's one thing about SLM that I, you know, whether or not that system is is going to be great and I certainly hope it is. They get a lot of credit for, for mm. just doing it and, and being being you know audacious because now they're pushing EOS to do the same thing. And mm-hmm. you know, the EOS is is talking about larger printers too, and, and that, that that's great because you know competition is is a is a is a big thing. But I, I don't, you know, I don't really know much about binder jetting because that that mm-hmm. is a replacement for my understanding of a metal injection molding, which is mm-hmm. does not exist on, on aircraft really. I mean that's more of an automotive Replacement. So, just within the, the castings and forgings world of, of aerospace, it's it's kind of powder bed fusion and 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 DED and DED. So we are we are we are looking there, in it, and and th- I think that will be the next one that we we really jump into.
0: Okay. And where and where do you hope to be with your business? Like, let's say if you look like a five year time frame, where do you hope to be? What do you hope to achieve?
2: So the way I see our market developing, being great in materials and processes puts us ahead of other people at this point. Five years from now, is that going to be enough to be a special company? No, I don't think so because, you know, people learn, they get better, they get, they, they, they learn how to, ad- ad, you know, ad- apply the technology in the same way that we have. Now, maybe it'll take them five years, maybe it'll take them 10 years, but eventually everyone's going to know how to make good parts with these systems. Um, so what we're trying to do in the meantime, and we've had great success, I think, especially in the last year, is is develop a real book of business on, Specific programs um, and specific components on those specific programs, so that as they scale, and I'm talking about uh, defense largely, but also but also space, we will you know will just be the relied upon partner by these big integrators. And so we don't do business with people that we view competitively, even if they're very large, very uh, well capitalized companies, because we think that we're going to displace them over time. And so you know when you look at large Heat exchanger manufacturers, you know, like an Amitek, You know, I'm, I'm, I want to beat them, and I can beat mm-hmm. them because I know additive better than they do. And additive mm-hmm. is a, is a great superpower to, to have, and, and to really be able to, to use to your advantage. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I see us being again a, a respected technology forward uh, aerospace, defense, and space systems designer and manufacturer, and, and really. Using additive as not as the, the end all be all of what we do, but just as the tool to to really displace these these big slow topply companies.
0: All right. Sounds like a great plan, Brian. Brian, thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thank you very much, yours and Max. It was a real pleasure. Likewise. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Max. Thanks for being here today, Max. <laughs>
2: it <sure is> <laughs> <interesting>.
0: <laughs> and uh and uh thank you for listening. And this is another episode of the 3D pod. You've been listening to the 3D Pod. For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint underscore com.